Hey everybody, welcome to the Multiverse Movie Podcast. We're your hosts, Dean Holtzaffel and George Rogers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the show. On today's episode, we're going to be reviewing, for our first review, is Back to the Future, a all-time classic for the two of us. Oh, classic. Love this movie. Describe it. Um, before we get into the, before we get things moving. God damn it again with that. Um... <laughs> It's a little bit of news for this week, since we're not just a movie review channel, we're a little bit of news as well. Yep. Uh, George, let's talk about it. Let's Henry talk. Cavill, back as Superman, what are your thoughts? I immediately sent you the information, and your first response was, prove it. Yeah, because I... I because <laughs> I know, because I, you sent me comicbook.com, and they're a load of shit. Not always, but most of the time, you're right, yeah. Uh, I'm excited, I mean, it did not specifically say that it was going to be for a sequel to Man of Steel... And that he was going to show up in mm. future DC products as Superman, yeah. which is fine because it means shit. We might get him in the Black Adam movie. We might get him in the Shazam sequels. Yeah. He may even pop up in Aquaman. So I mean, this this is this is pretty exciting. I I definitely want more Henry Cavill as Superman. I definitely mm. want him to have more Superman movies yeah. because I love him as Superman. Mm. I heard a rumor. Tell me. Uh, I don't know how true it is. Mm. I hope it's not true at all. Apparently, uh, I guess in part of this clause in his contract that uh, Warner Brothers gave J.J. Abrams, you know, our best friend, um, that he has final say on who is Superman in the next Superman movie. Because I guess he's... Why? What makes him the authority? I I guess he's the one calling the shots for Superman. Ooh, excuse me. Sorry. I apologize for that burp. Um... We just ate dinner. Um, you know, fuck that guy. That, you, l- listen, I make no bones about I fucking hate J.J. Abrams. I hate yeah. every fucking movie he's ever done. That dude is a cancer to creativity in Hollywood. He is the biggest hack in Hollywood. This is the guy who wanted to make a Superman movie in the early 2000s where Lex Luthor was a Kryptonian spy. So that's the guy you want to turn it over to? AT&T, if anybody from AT&T is listening. I listen, hope. listen. I'm a loyal AT&T customer for my cell phones. I left for a few years when I mer- when I, my wife, my ex-wife and I, we got our own cell phone plan together. And at the time, AT&T wasn't offering unlimited data anymore. And neither was Verizon, so we went to Sprint. But I'm back with AT&T. And I've been back with AT&T for four years now. Uh, do not give J.J. Abrams the reins to any DC properties. Because he's going to fucking destroy it, just like he did Star Trek and Star Wars. He is a he is a one trick pony and he is beating that pony to death. In fact, yeah. he's been, in fact, that pony's dead it's, already. It's going to be super. It's, it's, it's always been the dog food. Factory. If it's true, which I don't know if it's true, I haven't heard. Look, I'll tell you right now. Unless Grace Randolph says it, I don't believe it because that woman's got connections up to Wazoo when it comes to DC. Yeah, she does. I don't know who they yeah, are or what. That she is right like ninety five percent of the time. It seems she was right mm-hmm. about Snyder cut, and yep. I get bet you she's going to be right about the air cut too because she's she's had a couple little. Hey, Slices of tidbits for that. <laughs> hey, do you know who's wrong about the Snyder Cut? John Campia? Yep. Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him. Um, no, look, I, I agree with some stuff Campia says, maybe like 40%. He he does say some reputable stuff sometimes, but he was 110% wrong in the Snyder Cut. Yep. Uh, and all of Star Wars, everything. Mm-hmm. Except for he didn't like the Rise of Skywalker for some bizarre reason. I'm surprised he didn't. He loves J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, now hey. that I ranted about J.J. Abrams... Um, I don't know if that's true. I just want Henry Cavill back. I want Zack Snyder to come back and do Man of Steel too. We'll see what happens after the Snyder Cut comes out. I think it's going to be good. 
fight. There's no way that, as to go on one last thing here, to bring him back for to be Superman in future installments, there's no way somebody is not working on a script for Man of Steel 2. Yeah, like, how... T- I have, a hard, is, I have a hard time thinking that nobody, that nobody is working on Look, we we both love Batman. Yeah. He's our favorite comic book character. Yeah. But for about a 15-year period, Superman was my favorite character. Yeah. For like half my life. I'm 33 years old. Mm-hmm. So I hold Superman very near and dear to my heart. A lot of people do. Just like Batman. Batman really hasn't been fucked with cinematically. He, every actor has brought something to the role that you're like, okay... I see that from the comic books. Even though they keep making him a fucking killer for some bizarre reason. Mm-hmm. Um, when it doesn't really bother me, but if you want to be true to the comics, I mean, he doesn't go out of his way to fucking murder people like Keaton did. Uh, or Affleck did, even though I think Affleck was the best on-screen Batman. Well, he was um, an older, more jaded Batman. So I could believe that yeah. in his arc, that he would eventually become that way. Um, as he was more ruthless in The Dark Knight Returns comic as well. I don't remember if he killed anybody in the comic. I know he didn't in... Well, technically he killed the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> he snapped his fucking neck. Well, Joker snapped his own neck. His neck was already snapped. He just eh. he just finished it off. That's true. So, I want to see Henry Cavill come back um, in, a, in at least one more full-blown Superman movie with Brainiac as the villain. Mm-hmm. You can even bring in other members of the Justice League to help him out, but I want Brainiac. I've been waiting for Brainiac my whole fucking life. Yeah. Give me Brainiac. I'm tired of uh, tired of this. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't want. I know they canceled the Supergirl movie, which is fine. I don't think Supergirl needs her own movie. But. She had her own movie in the '80s. Yeah, she also had her own TV show, which has been god awful. Mm. So. Someone sold this. Someone sold their soul to the devil to get the to have that keep getting renewed. Yeah, but um, that's really the oh. And since we're uh, talking about Back to the Future, mm-hmm. Happy Birthday to the incomparable, incomparable. Is that the word I'm trying to use? I think incomparable is how it's... Yeah, whatever. Leah Thompson. Amazing. Yep. Amazing We woman. both had the privilege... You've met her twice, actually, right? I met her once. I met her... I mean, essentially twice. It was the same day. Oh, well, I, I went thought back, you meant... I mean, because yeah. I went back in line with, uh, with you and Eric. Yeah, I thought you met her one time before. No, she was the... Uh, no, you met her... You met her with me. And then you met him with Eric. Remember? Because I met her first. You were in line for a photo op. No, you were in line with me. Remember, Eric was saying he didn't want to collect, he didn't want to get the signatures, and I, I talked him into doing it. I'd already met her when Eric went got in line. Yeah, but I was in line for somebody else when you were. No, I was waiting for one of our pictures to come out while you went and got her in line. Yes. Yeah. Because then I went back after you guys did because I went and got uh, James Tolkien. I was in line with you for Thomas Wilson. Yeah, who did you get a picture with that day? Uh, who did I get? Was it Richard Greco? I think that was later in the day. No, was it the Jericho one? I don't remember. It was probably. I, I think it was. It was. It was Jericho. I was waiting for the Jericho picture to come out. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> either either way, we both met her. And she's very uh, lovely. Very. And she yeah. she she was the last person of the main cast that I needed to meet. Yeah, to, I, uh, I, I, my I still need to meet Christopher Lloyd and Booker uh, <clears throat> Fox, which I was supposed to meet a month ago. But this fucking virus ruined Awesome Con for me. Yeah. I was going to get a photo op with the both of them. Mm-hmm. It was going to be a magical moment for me as somebody who has been watching this movie <clears throat> since he was like three, two, three years old. It's my second favorite franchise after Indiana Jones. Well, this is my second favorite movie after Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, and then, but but as franchises go, it's, you know, Indy and then this, yeah. you know. Um, 
So I guess... Uh, yeah, happy, bo- happy birthday yeah, to Delay Thompson. Birthday. We love you. Uh, George, but, so I'm going to ask you... Before we get into the review, I want to ask you a couple questions about Back to the Future. Okay, all right. Um, when did you... When, from recollection, when was the first time you saw this movie? I'm was gonna, this the first Back to the Future movie you saw? I'm going to be honest with you. This was not the first Back to, Back to the Future movie I saw. No? I saw Back to the Future 2 first. Did you really? Because um, as any child of the 80s, child of the 90s mm-hmm. knows, if <clears throat> you know you had a house, everyone had movies, we all used to record movies off of TV, off of uh, oh, yeah. Showtime, if you, oh, yeah. you know, or, or uh, HBO, or if you uh, lived in our area, Prism. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, remember Prism? Mm-hmm. Of yeah. Of <clears throat> Anybody who lived in the Philadelphia area, you all know who Prism is. If, mm-hmm. if you're old enough to know Prism is. Yeah. So my mom would always record movies off of that. And Back to the Future 2 is one of the ones that, were, that was recorded. And according to her, uh, it was one of the many tapes that I worn out, which you, you would believe the other one being Batman 89 and mm-hmm. Ghostbusters and all that stuff. I pretty much... I, I watched the movie... On end, ad nauseum. Uh, the first time I, I think I I saw the first one not long afterwards because we also had it recorded, but we it wasn't recorded right. before two was. Um, but it's, I mean, it, it's always been one of my favorite movies. It's, the, depending on the day, it's number one. Depending, you know, it, it, it flips back and forth between that one and Batman '89. Uh, I think it's one of the greatest movies of all time. I, I, as do I. It's, I think it's the second greatest movie of all I, time. I think it's behind Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think it's one of the most beloved movies Absolutely. all over. I get to find somebody who does not like this movie. Uh, I will say, for me, it is the movie that I've loved the longest in my life because it's mm-hmm. the earliest movie. It's the first movie I can remember seeing as a as a kid. Mm-hmm. There are three things as a kid that stick out in my mind at the two, three four-ish years old Mm -hmm. in that early early ages Mm -hmm. this the flash tv show with john wesley ship (laughs) yeah so that was the my introduction to dc comics um i remember seeing commercials for that show and i was like yeah yeah." um ghostbusters Mm -hmm. and ninja turtles oh man and robocop i'm sorry five so they're like the five things I remember from like the earliest hey, did ages you, of childhood. Hey, did you have the uh, did you have the VHS of Ninja Turtles that had the ad for Pizza Hut in the beginning? Probably, <clears throat> I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. So anyone I remember who, I, anyone I had, who's old enough to know knows. So I had Back to the Future pajamas. Oh man, yeah, and and whatever toys I'm sure they had. Mm-hmm. I remember having a small DeLorean of some sort. Mm-hmm. I still have my Happy Meals. Animated series. Oh yeah, with Doc hanging out the with side Doc of the door. I, yeah. I have that in my house. Oh yeah. man, yeah. Um, so this this is this is the oldest series I remember yeah. seeing uh, as a kid, and to this day I still hold it near and dear to my heart. Like I said, when I ordered the photo op for Doc and or Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox, mm-hmm. like I actually kind of teared up a bit because I was like, I can I couldn't believe that this was finally happening yeah. for me. I mean, of course, China yeah. fucked it all up. Look. No, no offense to the Chinese people. I, it's the government I'm talking about. China fucked this all up with this virus. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to call, call a spade a spade. It's their fault. They lied. Whatever. Don't want to get too political, but yeah. it came from China. We're all paying the price. So we're all paying the price. <clears throat> um, I mean, that's. I mean, that's. I'm exact- hoping they come back because because Awesome Con is rescheduled for December. Hopefully they can get those guys back. Hopefully the convention can go through and I can meet yeah. them. So I mean, I mean that was exactly how I felt when I got to meet Michael J. Fox. Yeah, I believe it. A- Amy bought me the photo op 
for uh, for for my birthday. And when she told me, I was I, I was I, I was so excited because I never thought I'd ever get the chance to meet Michael J. Fox. Mm-hmm. And he's such a nice guy. I was wearing my usual convention attire of mm-hmm. the Reverse Flash T-shirt, and he pointed out, "I was like, yeah, Reverse Flash, all right." Which is no. funny because what have I always told you? He would, he would be make an a great oh my God, Christ. He would be so good. I don't, and the thing is, he's never played a villain in his whole life. But I could totally see him in that role. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I could totally see him in that role. He'd be, he'd be perfect for it. It's yeah. a shame. I could see him as Barry Allen, too. But but for some reason, I could totally see him as Earbart Thawne. See him as Henry Allen. Like, I could just see it. I mean, not now. I mean, yeah. he's 60. Yeah. I mean, he's far too old for either of the roles. But I'm saying, I'm saying, like, you know, 25 years ago, if they would have made a Flash movie in the mid-90s. He's 58. He's going to be 59 okay. this year. Okay. You know what I mean? Like a mid-90s mm-hmm. Flash movie before the oh, yeah. before yeah, Parkinson yeah. kind of, you know, took his career from yeah. him, basically. Well, he was doing Spin City at But you know, you know what yeah. I mean, though. I mean, yeah. he still had, he was having starting to have the effects, and he was on the medication and stuff yeah. like that. I don't think he's been taking his medication for almost 20 years now. Because mm-hmm. um, I think it was having a negative effect <clears throat> on his body. So, um, he... Either of those two roles. Yeah. For some reason, I can just see him as Earbart. I think he would have been mm-hmm. he would have relished in that, yeah. just to do something so different, so out of the box for him. Oh yeah, you know? oh yeah. Um, so, I mean, shall we? We'll get right. We'll shall we start the review? So get right into it. Uh, released July third, nineteen eighty five. Uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. Scored by the legendary Alan Silvestri. Oh, legend. Love him. Love him. Uh, Cinematography is done by the legendary Dean Cundy. Dean Cundy. Uh, it was distributed by Universal Pictures. Um, that, the classic Universal. That classic oh, logo, God. yeah. Love yeah. it. Um, starring Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Thomas F. Wilson, and Crispin Glover. Mm-hmm. Take it away. 1985, teenager Marty McFly visits the home of his friend Doc Brown to... I guess hook up to the amplifier, do a little rocking mm-hmm. out. Marty, mm-hmm. Marty is a guitar Wait, player in a band. What do you think of the uh, the entrance the, there? That the introduction. I love Marty. it. I mean, we all knew it was it was Michael J. Fox, but I always, I always enjoyed that slow build to the face row. You know, he's hooking mm-hmm. up to the amplifier. Oh, you know, I love it's it. It's going through. It's going through all of the clocks, which mm-hmm. is a nice little. It's like, hey, this is a time travel movie, and here's some time. Yeah, you know. Doc doing an experiment and you have those all those clocks be 25 minutes slow. I'm not exactly sure what type of experiment he's doing. I don't know. But, but Doc is eccentric, so yeah. I'm, I'm I'm sure somewhere in his mind it made sense. Yeah. Um, he hooks up to the amplifier, ends up turning up way too, far too loud, and ends up, ends up blowing out the speaker. Doc calls him up because he knows Marty's there. Marty goes every day. And just says, hey, I'm going to I got this major scientific breakthrough going on. Mm-hmm. I need you to be at the mall at, what was it, one sixteen a.m.? I think it was. Or was that the time he got there? It was one eighteen, I think. Uh, either way, I think it was like one fifteen. He, he, he told him to be there at one fifteen. a.m. Yeah. Either way, the middle of the night. Yeah. At a Twin Pines Mall. There's a major breakthrough going. They need some assistance. Mm-hmm. Marty, of course, obliges. All the clocks go off. Marty finds out he's 25 minutes late to school. Tardiness is a massive problem with the McFly men. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slacker. Slacker. Uh, so Marty's like, oh, damn, I'm late for school. Cue Huey Lewis in the news playing that mm-hmm. amazing song, Power Love. Stop for a second. Since we, we yelled slacker, slacker before we got to the, the, to the James Tolkien scenes. Mm-hmm. Nice guy. 
Oh, great guy. For somebody who plays great a hard guy. ass in every role he every is in. Every single role. He is a, such a nice guy. Great guy. Not that I expect him to be an asshole anyway, but you have this... He has this aura about him from you know, Top Gun and all these two yeah. movies and whatever else he's been in. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. I know he's been in yeah. other things. Uh, yeah, he's, he was, he was all over the... I mean, he was a... But he's always like that yeah. hard-edged guy, tough dude. Always. Like, and... He just comes off as, as a great guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom's one of my mom's favorite uh, insults. Whenever uh, whenever I was acting up, or my brother and my sister were getting out of line, she would always tell us. You know, she always quote Top Gun, his line from Top Gun: "If you screw up this much, I'll have you flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong." To, to this day, will still send me that as a text when she's watching uh, when she's watching Top Gun. Couldn't take it. Turned in his wings. Yeah, Cougar couldn't handle it. Turned in his wings. You're number one. This is not the Top Gun review. It's coming. It's coming. Not, <laughs> I love, not, that. love that movie. It's coming. Anyway, it's coming. Back to the, to the future. So Marty ends up getting to school late, meets up with his his girlfriend, the gorgeous Jennifer Parker. Played the only by, Jennifer put, Parker I put, recognize. I enjoy Elizabeth Shue. I do too, but Claudia, she was just Claudia she Wells was so much is such a sweetheart. Yeah, when we met her. She oh was, my god. She was. She, you know, for that being like, I, I got. I'm, I want I'm, I'm not trying to slay her, but that's probably like the only movie she's really known for. Yeah. It's Back to the Future, and she she takes it in so much, and she really loves it. Ah, oh, she yeah. and she's she loves just meeting everybody, and she gets a real kick out of it. And she was a, a, ple- she, a she pleasure is, to me. She a is pleasure. my Jennifer Parker. No a disrespect to, to Elizabeth Shue, I, n- none at all. Mm-hmm. I just prefer. Yeah. Um, oh my God, Claudia Wells. Claudia Wells. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Chinese uh, <laughs> Uh, so Marty gets to school late. Strickland catches him, lets him know it's you know, no McFly has ever made it in the history of Hill Valley. Warns him about hanging out with Doc Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, you end up in big trouble. Shad- uh, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to the end of the school day. Marty is auditioning yeah, for he, battle. Doesn't he say, "Well, history's about to change." History's about to change. Yeah, yeah. Complete foreshadowing. Yeah. Intentional foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, flash forward to the end of the day. Marty's doing Battle of the Bands concert, which is what Strickland was giving him a hard time about. So, like, oh, I see your bands on the audition for Battle of the Bands. You know, why even bother? You don't have a chance. And Marty's. It's funny because Marty seems like a real cool guy, but he's always kind of getting put down by everyone above him. I'm assuming, you know, from Strickland and, you know, Biff's always, a, you know, Biff's always a little condescending, especially all the McFly men for obvious reasons. You know, Marty auditions with his band. They're clearly playing Power of Love. Uh-huh. Huey, Lu- for Huey Lewis. <laughs> Huey Lewis sitting there in the gym with a bad comb over and an even worse plaid jacket. Uh-huh. You know, cuts Which him I off. Which that was from his... Uh, oh, I'm sure. His own wardrobe. I'm sure. Cuts him off. You know, I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. Uh-huh. You know, so Marty's still a little despondent. I want to touch on that, actually. Touch fast. on it. Uh, we've the, both of us have have seen as we've referred to as the Back to the Future Trinity, the, the Holy Trinity. Hugh, Huey Lewis from obviously from the first movie featured mm-hmm. Sammy Hagar with I Can't Drive Fifty Five and Back to the Future Two, and then ZZ Top from uh, Double Back, Double from, Back, Back from, from Back to the Future Three. When did you see Huey Lewis in the news? I saw Huey Lewis in the news. It was I know I remember exactly when it was. It was it was twenty fourteen. He was doing he was touring sports. It was thirty years of sports. So he was going around. It was in Atlantic City. I want to say it was the Golden Nugget. It was one of the ones that's not on the boardwalk. So it was either Golden mm. Nugget or Borgata. I'm almost positive it was Golden Nugget. It was, it was Golden Nugget. I saw him with Gretchen and uh, Chuck. I used to work with Chuck Deck. And we had, we had tickets to go. And he did sports cover to cover. 
And then afterwards, he got in the power of love. He's like, well, I have to do this song. I have to do it because everyone requests everywhere I go. And he did Power of Love and amazing, amazing concert. I'm going to tell you right now, I prefer Back in Time. It's a great song, too. From the two songs that were featured for the mm-hmm. movie. I think I think Back in Time is a better song. Great song. Yeah. Great song. Um, I saw Huey in 2016. I don't remember the exact date. It was April, though, uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, because mm-hmm. I was stationed down in uh, Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. Um, with my dad, he flew down, and he opened for Jimmy Buffett. That was honestly one of the best concerts. Oh, that's gonna be a great build. I did miss the first like song or two of the set because we there was a lot of traffic getting in there. So by the time we actually like got in, he set there. So but it only had been like I don't know five six minutes into the set. Yeah. So great show. Um, but that's what I saw. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah, sixteen. Not long before I got separated. So. Yep. So. End of the day, Marty goes home. He's excited about his weekend with Jennifer. They're going going up to the lake, probably to do Jag. things that teenage kids do Hop in the Hop on the, the good 80s. foot and do the bad thing. Hop on the good foot and do the bad thing. Um, Marty goes home, finds out his, uh, his dad's... Check out that 4 by 4 his dad's, his dad's car has been in an accident. Driven by... Uh, Beth Tannen. Get your car towed to your house. All you got for me is light beer. Who was clearly driving? Who was clearly driving drunk? Yeah, drinking and driving. Dr- drinking and driving. Yeah. Gets loser. to an accident. You know, George's George McFly is very uh, weak, very unsure of himself. Beta. You know, a beta. Yeah. A beta cuck. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. without without the cuck part. Yeah. You know, Mother Lorraine is an alcoholic who's you know looks like she's kind of had it with life. Yeah. You know, brother uh, brother Dave works a pedestrian job at a fast food place. Was it was it McDonald's? Probably McDonald's or Burger King. I don't think they actually mentioned. Yeah, I, I don't remember the logo on his shirt. Yeah, I want to say it was. I, I want to say it was probably. You Burger know what it was? King. I think it was supposed to be McDonald's because I think it was the Golden Archways, but I think they were turned upside down to look like a W. Could have been Whataburger. Uh, yeah, it could have been it. I don't know the logos for. I don't. I don't. Is Whataburger out in California? I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, it is. is it? Um, well, at least it was when I was out there. I remember okay. saying it because that's when my band. She's like, yeah, that Whatever was good. Well, my mom enjoys Carl's Jr., the home of the six pound. Or, or I mean, I enjoy Carl's Jr. Burger, too. I mean, I, I think In and Out's great, too. I don't like the fries, though. Fries suck. The fries. Burgers are really good, though. Burgers are really good. Anyway. Fries are terrible. And then we meet Sister Linda. Burger podcast now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we meet Sister Linda. I don't know what she does, but I'm assuming she does I think she's still in school, I'm going to assume. No, she graduated eighty four, class of eighty four. Oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. So she's probably fresh out of school, okay. not knowing what she's doing with her life, because yeah. you figure October school year just started, so she's yeah. still she's still fresh. You know, yeah, what she's doing. Right. Um, Marty, of course, oversleeps as usual. as usual. Is awakened by a call from Doc. And, and reminding you brought him, this up to me earlier. It seems yeah. like the McFly family has a problem with the time. Mc, the McFly family yeah. does have a problem with time. As Dave was uh, going to be late. Jesus Christ! Oh, God damn it! I'm late. Like, David, watch your mouth. Kiss your mother before you go. Yeah. You know, <laughs> George is, you know, as we see later in the movie, he's late to get into the car to right. stop. You know, you know, that was a good observation yeah. by you because I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever picked. Yeah, as it. many times yeah. I watched this movie, I, it was one of those things that it's, it's kind of yeah. clicked. If you had to guess, how many times do you think you've, you've seen it? Uh, somewhere in between 900 and 400,672. I'm on the high end of that spectrum. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, it's on. It, yeah. I turn it on every time I. Not to mention when, uh, you know, right at the 25th anniversary, um, they that's when they first like kind of released it onto DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, that I can remember, that was like the first time it was on DVD in the box set. Yeah. Um, 
I think. I, I could be wrong, but I bought it. And it might I, have been, I, might have been like twentieth anniversary. They released this DVD, and then and, and then and then Blu-ray probably like tw- uh, twenty-five and thirtieth as, uh, as time hmm. was going on. But it was for the twenty-fifth. I know that because it was yeah. two thousand ten, mm-hmm. and um, two thousand ten into two thousand eleven. I remember like two months straight. All I did was watch that movie, those three mm-hmm. movies, over and over again. So I, I mean, that must have been with three, four hundred times right there. Just mm-hmm. every day I'd get done work, get back to the barracks, I'd pop them in. Mm-hmm. Just all three. One more thing I forgot to mention. Lorraine goes on and talks about how how her and George met. Yeah. The fish under the sea dance? Greg is in Chapman under the sea dance. Father kissed for the first time on that dance floor. So we already know the backstory mm-hmm. of how George and Lorraine got together and how they are where they are today. So Marty meets Doc in the parking lot of the shopping mall at 1.16 a.m., Today's October 22nd, or October 26th now, if you will. Doc unveils the time machine out of the back of his uh, industrial van, work van. We call it work van. Yeah. Yeah. It's which like a is box a, van, kind of. <clears throat> yeah. Which is a DeLorean that has uh, been modified to be a time machine. You mean to tell me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Well, if you're going to build a time machine, I'll also do it with some style. Plus yeah. the same steel, Plus steel construction. Oh, watch out. He never finishes it. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so he... That was cheap. So that was a cheap quote we just did right that there. That was. Yeah. Extremely. It's cheap. <laughs> You're alive. We're better You're than welcome. that. We're better We're than that. We're barely better than that. <clears throat> so he finds out that it runs off plutonium, which Marty says, you know, did you, did you rip that off? And we find out, then we find out that yeah. Doc was, you know... Doc had the Libyans steal the plutonium and you know, said he would build him a bomb. Mm-hmm. Did not. Made him a shiny bomb casing filled of used pinball machine pots. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we get the demonstration of the time of the time machine. Now, I don't want to get into all... Now, I know... I understand the DeLorean was stick shift. He was operating with a uh, remote control. I don't want to get into any of that. I know the DeLorean has going doors, so getting into the DeLorean while I was inside the van, I know made it could, could, could have been a po- uh, almost impossibility. So I'm not going to get into all of that. But what no. I do, what I do want to get, I'll tell you exactly how we did it. He got in and then used the used the remote control to go inside the, the van. That's how probably how he drove it up to get to the parking lot. Yeah. But to be in the car itself, he probably drove it up in the van himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all. Yeah. But you know, always get people saying, "Oh, how do you yeah. do it? Well, well, yeah. Look, um, there's. So <clears throat> oh, we're not going to. This movie's been out for 35 it's years. Riddled with plot holes, and we're not here to point them all out. We're but just at, make at, sad. at the same time, we're we're not going to have a discussion about stuff that's been talked about for 35 yeah. years. You know. Um, but I will. I I will ask you this. Mm-hmm. So when we get the demonstration of the DeLorean, you know, making its first time travel trip, Doc positioned himself and Marty mm. directly in front of the of the DeLorean. Mm. D- does Doc have a bit of a death wish? Because what if it didn't work? Him and Marty would have got run over by this car. Huh. I mean, he, he was either... He, or, or Doc was just 100% sure of his calculations. 
But if he was, then he would have said, if my calculations are correct, it's like, you, but you're standing directly in front of it. <laughs> kind of, it, it, it always kind of boggled my mind that they would stand directly. I mean, it made for a great visual. You know, the fire trails going between them, the license plates spinning, and, you know, it, it, it made for an absolute great visual. Yeah. But why That's stand, a really, really good question. I've never thought about that, actually. Why they stand directly in front of it? I mean, I guess you would have got the best shot of it. I, I would love for them, for, for, for Back to the Future, uh, Bob Gale, Bob Zemeckis, if they had that tape that Marty was recording. Huh. I wonder if he's recording actual... I mean, because I know we, we, we see it later in the movie when the when it's hooked yeah. up to the TV. I wonder... I would love to see that full... No wonder you're president. That must be a movie yeah. star. <laughs> I would love to see that full tape yeah. of... Yeah, like the time travel. Yeah, that would be pretty, that. That would be pretty I would cool. love to. I would, I would love to see that. I mean, I'm sure it probably doesn't exist. As a so thing. I got a question for it because yeah. it kind of goes along with this. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that theory that there's multiple Marty McFlys? I assume there was only just one Marty McFly. You ever heard about that theory? I've heard it. What do you think? That, what do you think about that? I don't buy it. I mean, it's a good theory. Yeah. I, don't I, buy I, it I, I just particularly don't subscribe to it. I don't either. I figure I'd ask. Yeah, I'm alright with it. Um, so Doc says he's gone 25 years in the future to see beyond his years, or he's going to, or he's going to, and then who shows up? Libyans. <laughs> the Libyans show up. That was unplanned, by the yeah, way. Yeah, completely unplanned. <laughs> the Libyans show up, gun Doc down. Marty jumps in the DeLorean to escape. Yeah, see if those bastards can do ninety. Uh, see if those bastards can do ninety. While Driving away from the Libyans while being chased, Marty inadvertently activates the time circuits, hits 88, and ends up at a red-letter date in history, November 5th, 1955, which, as you know, was the day that time travel was involved. So Marty shows up at the old uh, old Peabody farm. He had this crazy idea about uh, breeding pine trees. Anyway, uh... Yeah, shows up on the Peabody farm, crash in, the whole family comes out. They think it's an alien because uh, old Sherman Peabody, mm-hmm. the child, which is a nice little nod to the old Rocky and Bullwinkle movies, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Peabody and yeah. Sherman going back in time, that's a nice little clever nod. They yeah, never like actually that. mention his name in the movie. You get it in the credits, though. Yeah. Uh, believes that it's a spaceship, so they start shooting at him with a shotgun, you mm-hmm. mutate son of a bitch. Marty leaves while running Who over... Who are you? Marty leaves while running over one of the pine trees. You space bastard, you killed my pine. Marty drives to where his house would be, finds out that that whole development has not yet been built. Uh-huh. Assumes he's dreaming, hides the DeLorean behind the Lion Estate sign because it's stalled. And goes into town. Yep. To look for Doc. And wanders into a magical world of Mr. Sandman and 1955. To which he goes into Lou's uh, cafe, asks for a tab. You can't get a tab unless you order something. Uh, give me a Pepsi free. You know what, Pepsi pie, you gotta pay for it. Just give me something without any sugar. Something without any sugar. And he gets a cup of coffee. A lot of people talk about that scene with um, him putting the change on. They're like, oh, how did they not know that it was changed from the future? I actually looked it up. The mm. coins from 1955 look the same as they do now. 
The yeah. only coin that's different is the 50 cent piece because yeah, it's gone. It's out of circulation. Yeah, well, that and who the hell is John F. Kennedy? So. And the quarters because the quarters, the, you don't see yeah. too many with the eagle on yeah. the back anymore. Yeah, so I mean, if if Lou is just looking for a dime or a nickel. Yeah, they the, never change. They look the same. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that. Do you really think he's going to look at the date when they were mm-hmm. minted? Yeah. He's just saying he sees a dime and a nickel, whatever, you know. Yeah. Picks up, puts it in the fucking register. He's not looking yeah. at it like, oh, let me make sure. Oh, 1962. What the this hell? is counterfeit. Yeah. You know, Marty pulls the phone page out of the book that has Doc's address on it. Although it's, it's where he goes, great, you're alive. Like, he, he would be. You know, yeah. like 30 years in the past. But I mean, and this, and, and my, here's my thing How does he not know where Doc lives? He Because. If you remember uh, later movie when he goes, when he go, when after he gets hit by the car at Lorraine's house, mm-hmm. and he asks him where uh, where Riverside Drive is, he goes it's Block Pass Maple, East End of Town, and he goes Block Pass Maple. That's John F. Kennedy Drive. So they changed the name of the road. Oh, after that's Kennedy. right. That's right. So that's, that's right. why he doesn't. That's why he doesn't recognize the address because that's the, right. because the road because the name of the road has been changed. Yeah. But but my question is why didn't he just put two and two together? Well, he's probably, I mean, he's, he's he's not thinking clearly. He's, That's true. I mean, everything's different anyway. He's not going to see a Burger King sitting on that corner. Yeah. I mean, everything's, I mean, it's shit. His, his whole development isn't even built yet. Yeah. Not a single house has been constructed. What would, what would you do if that happened to you, if you were Marty and you appeared in 1955? Shit my pants. Yeah, I think I would too. I mean, I don't... I, I, even if I didn't have to, I would force it But out. here's the thing. Even if I end up in 1955, I don't even know who the hell I would turn to for help. Because at this point, my mother would be one. <laughs> uh, my parents weren't born, and my dad's parents were still in Germany. Yeah. So, You'd be I, your- I could find my mom's dad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I could, I could look for my grandparents, you know? but I ain't gonna know who the hell I am. Yeah. Because I just have to live my life in the fifties. Uh, yeah, I guess. Which I, just... I mean, to be fair, I'd miss my parents, but mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, if I you don't know, have anybody. I else. mean, you could. Yeah. I mean, you could. You could play. You know, what if we go back thirty years from now? We end up at like nineteen ninety. Yeah, I'd be okay. With that. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I'm, I still once again don't know who I turned it for help because my mom's not going. She's not going. She go. Oh, I just recorded this movie off the TV. Hmm. But he encounters his father. In the cafe, mm-hmm. who's being bullied by a young Biff, strapping on lad Biff, you know, about doing his homework, mm-hmm. then decides to follow his father into the aforementioned uh, getting hit by a car as he prevents that action from happening because his father's a peeping Tom mm-hmm. and watching Lorraine get changed. Pervert. Perv. You lose your job at Disney for doing something like that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so... Georgia Fly falls out of the tree. Marty just acting on gut instinct. Pu- pushes him out of the way. So now Marty gets hit by the car. Dragged into the house. Meets his future... Meets his uh, mother. Lorraine Baines. Yeah. Who immediately falls in love with him and calls him Calvin Klein. Because that's the name that's on his underwear. Florence Nightingale syndrome. Yeah. Which, I mean, he... Why, why'd she take his pants off? I mean, he was essentially me too. <laughs> Come on, man. Just saying. Why did she take his pants off? Yeah, why did she take his pants off? Maybe to be more comfortable. I don't. I'd, I'd be pretty uncomfortable for me sleeping jeans, especially the tight jeans in the eighties. Agreed, but I, I have pretty big thighs because I'm, I'm a weightlifter. But I mean, shook his, his pants off and like his. I mean, he was basically just in his red shirt, in his underwear, in his underwear. Ah, where are my pants? Hmm. Over there on my, oh, hope chest? my hope chest. On my hope chest. 
Marty goes down, uh, has dinner with his grandparents and his mother and his aunts and uncles. Meets uh, Uncle Joey. Better use of these bars, kid. Asks where... Was it 1640 Riverside Drive is, which is where yeah, Doc I think it was lives? 16, 1640 or 1610. I think it was 1640. Which she then, you know, as I said before, adds that's John F. Kennedy, that's John F. Kennedy Drive. Who the hell's John F. Kennedy? Exactly. So he goes Which I think in nineteen fifty five he should have already been known. It was only five years away from him taking office anyway. Yeah. He should have already been known who he is. Unless they're probably, I mean, they probably weren't big into the news or politics. I guess at this point, I mean, you're only, you're still only getting news from the radio, TV. Wasn't and he newspaper. a senator before he became president? Probably. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know the history. I don't remember. But I know a lot about the Kennedy administration yeah. too. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know too much about it. Um, so he goes and we see the garage where Doc, where where Doc lives in eighteen five, and then as the camera pans back, there's this large mansion, mm-hmm. the, the the Brown Mansion. Beautiful house. Oh yeah, it's so Doc. Or a Mar- Marty tracks Doc down. Is not buying Marty's knowledge of the future. Let's pause up for a second. Pause that up. always makes me feel bad for Doc when I see the, see the house in 1955 because mm-hmm. he obviously sold his house. Yeah, and spent all the money from his because he says it took his entire family fortune to realize his dream. Mm-hmm. It's like he spent all his money for that dream, and all it did was cause nothing but pain and suffering. But if you remember the newspaper clipping from the beginning of the movie, as it's painting through Doc's house, it says the Brown Mansion was destroyed by fire. So did think, so think, did Doc burn his house down and get the insurance money to build to huh. to fund the DeLorean? Maybe unintentionally. Maybe he was experimenting with something that caught that's, fire. That, that's also entirely possible. Yeah. But I never thought about. I that. mean, later in the movie, Doc, you know. Gives a cop his permit to work in town. It's a fifty dollar bill. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Like, he pulls the money. That scene. He pulls the money. He's like, uh? yeah. yeah. Like, oh, all right. It's a deleted scene, but it's yeah. it's there. It's an code, but it checks out. So can we please refrain from this? Yeah. So Doc is unimpressed. Talking about a movie franchise that has been yeah. fucked by Disney. So Doc is not. Impressed with Marty's knowledge of the future until Marty reveals how he got that fresh bump on his head. Ronald Reagan, the actor, <laughs> who's vice president, Jane Wyman. No, she'd be the first lady. What the hell? Sorry, <laughs> child. <laughs> Jerry Jerry Lewis. Sorry. So Doc believes the Doc believes him, and they go and they get the time machine. Doc finds out it works. He's thrilled it works. He finally invents something that works. Mm-hmm. So they get it. They get it back, and we gotta get you home. They get the DeLorean back to Doc's workshop, hook up the video recorder to Doc's TV so he can see how it's done. Doc freaks out when he finds out that he needs uh, 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. What the hell is a gigawatt? What the hell is a gigawatt? To to power the DeLorean and freaks out and says that the only way to get that is a bolt of lightning. Well, luckily for Doc, Marty has a flyer in his pocket Mm -hmm. to save the clock tower. Which says that on November twelfth, nineteen fifty-five, at ten o four p.m., a bolt of lightning will hit the Hill Valley Clock Tower. So, so if he didn't have that, do you think if Marty didn't have that flyer, <clears throat> he would have put two and two together? You think he would have been? I think Marty's. Up? I think I think Marty's a smart kid. I think he would have. I think he would have known. Yeah. But because he, because he does say it. Because he, I mean, even if he didn't have the flyer, he knew that that happened. It just happened that he had the flyer in his pocket. He goes, we do now. Then he showed him the flyer. 
So Marty knew that the lightning bolt did happen. Mm. He just had the flyer to show him because he was pointing out. It's like, oh, look what she wrote me. Yeah. Yeah. So Marty says, no, I can stay a week in 1955 and hang out show me around. Doc tells him not to do that because anything he sees or does can have drastic effects on the future. Which he then remembers the photo that Marty showed him of his brother and sister and how his brother's hair was missing. So they go back and see it now and saw that his brother's head was missing. Because it's getting erased. It's photographic it's, forgery to it, off your brother's head. It's getting erased from existence because since Marty pushed George out of the way of the car, destiny has been changed. So his parents still have not met. Mm-hmm. So that was the event that caused Lorraine to fall in love with George because of the Florence Nightingale effect. So now Marty is on a mission to get his parents to meet so he does not erase from existence. And he has some trouble with that because his mother is amorously amorously infatuated with him Mm -hmm. instead of George. She has the hots for him. Mm -hmm. So now... She's a slut. She is a slut. That's that's mean. Uh, Yeah. That's mean. She is... She was just more outgoing, let's say. I don't want to call. I don't want to call her a slut, but she is. <laughs> man, but where are the holes at? Where are the holes? All right, we're not. We're not doing that. That's gonna. That's gonna sidetrack so us. This isn't the James. The that's John Hammond's James Mason podcast. <laughs> no, that's gonna. That's gonna change everything. Oh no, none so, for me. So. Marty tries by hook and crook to get his parents to meet, and she just wants no part of George. So Marty decides to use George's love of science fiction to wear his radiation suit powered with a Walkman of Eddie Van Halen Uh and a hairdryer to say he is Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan and demands that George ask Lorraine to the dance. Uh And George believes it because he's a big sci-fi fan. Yeah, and it's the 50s and people weren't smart back then. That is 100% true. That's not true, but... It was a simpler time. It was, yeah, it was more yeah. gullible. It was, yeah. it was more of a gullible time. And we, you, know, yeah. it's just, you just had some radio. Yeah. Maybe you might have a TV in the house. So just different times. Of course, yeah. you see, you would believe something like that. Plus, you figure, I mean, he's 17. So 17 is probably going to believe that, especially one who's big into writing science fiction stories. And it was the crazy in the 50s, books. too, the UFOs. And yeah. Stuff. That was huge. So, I mean, so. so a lot of that was believable for them. So... Uh, George goes into the cafe to ask out Lorraine. Biff interrupts it. You know, what I told you about coming in here. Marty intercepts Biff, punches him out, which leads to that great chase where Marty essentially invents the skateboard. Yeah. By breaking that kid's board and skateboarding around town to escape Biff. Mm-hmm. Biff hits the manure truck with Billy Zane in the backseat. <laughs> Love Billy Zane. Great guy. Of course. Great guy. I guess he would be technically the third big name I'd have to meet from the franchise, so I passed him up a couple times. Next time, when all this bullshit happens and the first convention that he's at that we're, we're able to go to, I, I gotta meet him. Plus, plus, I love the family. He's, so. he's a great guy. Nice yeah. guy. Nice guy. Very nice guy. So, after. Also a bald head really so, well, too. Yep. So, Lorraine obviously turned on by Marty's antics, goes to his house or Doc's house mm. to ask Marty to go to the dance she with followed him. Because she followed him. So, Marty decides, you know, what the hell, I'll do it, but I'm going to make her get angry with me, and George will come in and save the day, and make him look like a hero, and then they'll fall in love. So, all of that comes to fruition. Doc shows him his plan to send him back in time. You have to excuse the crew to this model. It's not built to... It's, it's, not, it's fine. It's, fine. It's, it's good? Okay. 
So, which basically shows that he was, as long as he's have a connecting rod connected to the DeLorean to hit this wire going across the two light posts as soon as the lightning hits, which will have the lightning run down from the clock tower by wire to that same wire across the street that will hit with the rod and go back in time. It's, it couldn't be simpler, although it sounds a lot better than my dumbass is making it sound as I'm talking. Yeah. Because I don't know words. But... Uh, uh-huh. Before we get to all that, Marty writes the note to Doc, warning him about his fate in 1985. Which he even writes on the note, do not open signs 85, and slips it in his jacket pocket before he goes off to the dance. Even though someone should know too much about their own fate, Marty knows what's happened. Marty uh-huh. knows what's going to happen to Doc, and he loves Doc so much that he doesn't want to see that happen again. Especially since it happened right in front of his eyes. Yeah. So it's definitely traumatic. So Marty goes to the dance, and he realizes he cannot make a move on his mother because it doesn't feel right. Well, yeah, and anybody is. else who would be put in that same position would feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Well, so, not some people. Not some people. Mainly those probably in the South. Yeah. But, you know, those people. We're Northerners. It's just a joke. <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I love living in the South. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. So Marty's in the car with Lorraine. The door opens, but it's not George that pulls Marty out. It is Biff, uh-huh. who wants to get revenge on Marty for causing 300 bucks damage to his car. But Biff, drunk, sees a Lorraine looking very fetching in her, we in got her, here. In her dress and decides to get in the car and uh, sexually harass her. Uh-huh. Assault, I would Se- say. More. Sexually assault her. Yeah. B- bordering on rape. Uh-huh. Almost rape. So Biff's goons throw Marty into the back of a car, which is the car that uh, is used by Marvin Barry and the Starlighters. Some off-color things are said by Biff's crew Uh to one of the members of the band, which causes the band to chase Biff's crew out. Uh And Marty is locked in the trunk along with the keys. We don't want any trouble with no reefer addicts. Is that what he yeah, says? You better get home to your mama, boy. Yeah, he said yeah. we don't mess with no reefer yeah. That's after he says something else to him. Obviously, we're yeah, obviously I'm not, 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 not going to say it. Yeah, I'm not obviously, gonna we're not going to repeat that. Not at all. I mean, if you've seen the movie, you know exactly yeah. what he says. Yeah. They don't edit it out on TV either. Well, I mean. No? No. I thought they did. I guess that word is not as bad as the other word that they could have used. Well, obviously. They're not going to use that. I mean, that's that. a pretty bad yeah. word to they're, use. They're not going to use that. Um, so George shows up to the car thinking that. Marty is inside, but it's Biff. Uh-huh. And Biff tells him to just close the door and walk away. George finally getting a little bit of, you know, sees what's going on in the rain, knows it's wrong, and instructs Biff to leave her alone. Hey, you. Get your... Oh. Oh. So, Biff gets out of the car to stand up to George. George goes to punch him in the stomach. Biff catches the arm and twists it behind his back. While Lorraine is screaming at him to stop and he'll break his arm. Lorraine jumps on his back. Biff pushes her down. And that's the, at that moment is when you see George ball up his fist with his free hand, spins around, punches Biff in the face and knocks him out cold, which then causes Lorraine to fall in love with George. Uh Tender moment. Tender moment. I love it. One of the, one of my favorite moments. Oh yeah. So Marty knows that they that they kiss on the dance floor, so he's got to get the band back into play. Except Marvin sliced his hand while he was getting Marty out of the trunk. Uh-huh. So Marvin can't play guitar. Insert Marty playing guitar to Earth Angel. How ironic. How, how, how fitting. So he finally gets to play at a dance. Yeah, yeah. 
So George is dancing with Lorraine. Lorraine wants him to kiss her, and he's still a little nervous about it. Yeah, come up, come uh, Peck's bad boy. Uh, Peck's bad boy, Ginger Magoo. Yeah. Uh, Courtney Gaines is the is actually the actor. Which some of you may know him as uh, Malachi in Children of the Corn, or as Hans in The Burbs, because those are the only things I the, the oh, only yeah, was the only the only other things I know him from. Yeah. Um, he cuts in, and George starts to walk away. At this point. Marty's sister has completely vanished, and Marty's starting to fade from the picture to the point that he can't play guitar, and he falls down as he is, as his hand starts fading in front of his face. In the, in the only, in the only bit of uh, special effects that don't hold up after thirty-five years, it's the only it barely, piece. It barely it, does hold up. Though. Yeah, it's the only piece that doesn't. George, with that newfound uh, gumption, that newfound gumption, walks up, pushes him down, kisses Lorraine. Marty pops back up. The picture is restored, and is he has successfully All gotten time his time is right is back to normal. Everything is right with the world. Marty has successfully gotten his parents together. So now Marty has the the arduous task of getting out of that zoot suit to get back to the future. So yeah. he shows up back at back in the city square. Just as the storm arrives, Doc gives him all the information, and then Doc finds the note in his pocket. Yelling at Marty, berating him, saying, you know, the consequences are disastrous. Marty tells him it's a risk you have to take. Your life depends on it. Doc rips up the note. Mm-hmm. And we all assume that he threw the note away. Now, you see him putting it in his pocket. Yeah, a lot of people. Th- yeah. th- but there are a lot of people who wonder where yeah. he got the yeah, note but from. You act- if you actually watch the movie, you he's he's holding it in his hand yeah. the whole time. And you see him putting it in his yeah. pocket. Because the light... Because the, because lightning hit the tree, yeah. or out of his window, lightning hit the tree. The tree branch fell on the wire, and the wire just came disconnected mm-hmm. from the from the clock tower. So he ends up putting it back in his pocket. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't see that he did that, but he definitely did. Yeah, he, it's definitely there. Yeah. So, and we were talking about yeah. it. Like, when do you think he? Uh, when do you think he actually read that note? That's a good. That's a really good question. Yeah. Like to work to figure out when he actually sat down and read that note. I still maintain that he waited to see what happened with George McFly. I I yeah, think he maybe. waited to see if, as long as everything was going to follow according to plan, like his brother was going to be born and his sister, and then Marty, yeah, and then I think from then on he decided to read the note. Yeah, but I don't. About right. yeah. I mean, I mean, he he, he could have done it, you know, the day after. Who knows? Yeah, but could have did it the, uh, the right before he called Marty. Yeah, could have been right. It could have been right before. So while that Doc looks, is so while Doc looks is pretty fresh, that's why I say yeah. So Doc is putting the. Has to connect the wire together on the clock tower while Marty is getting the DeLorean in position to take off from the start point way over there. And it seems that Doc's calculations were a little off. Why? Because Marty did not go just as the uh, as the clock went off. He was supposed to go as soon as the as soon as the uh, alarm went on, on the clock went. But the DeLorean was stalled, sure. so he couldn't take off right at that moment. So calculations were a little off. When you think about it. But who huh. knows? That's so, a good observation. Yep, and, and and to to this day, I still watch that scene just on just w- which hills. I know what happens. Yeah, but still, I know he goes back to the future. Scene. It's the 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 tension is built up right. The score is the the, the score definitely helps it along. Oh. Doc reattaches the wire, slides down, reattaches the wire again because he unplugged it, plugging it in, oh. just in time as the lightning hits. Blows Doc away from the wire, 
just as the Lightning and the DeLorean hit the wire at the same time. Sending Marty back to 1985, the two fire trails. Mm -hmm. Marty crashes into the church, which which was the old movie theater. A little little quiz for you real fast. Give me something. What is the movie that's playing in the movie theater in 1955? Uh, I've seen it. It's not Treasure of the Sierra Madre. No. No. What is it? The Atomic Man. Ah, look at you. Look at you. I, well, we just we watched it before we came in here and recorded. Yeah. And I, I, I saw that. I was like, I'm going to pop quiz him on that real fast. Pop quiz, hot shot. We're not doing that. Well, it's a good movie. Yeah, we might. Speed 2 we're definitely doing. Uh, ooh. That's going to be in the series of shit movies we review. Also, I forgot to mention this. Marty, distraught that Doc tore up the letter, gives himself an extra 10 minutes on the time machine yeah. to go back and warn him. But as he goes back to 1985, the DeLorean stalls out immediately. So rather than try and get it started, he sees the Libyans go by and then just takes off running. Mm-hmm. Meets up with Doc, which now the name of the mall has been changed from the Twin Pines Mall to the Lone, Lone Pine, Pine Mall, mall because yeah. Marty took out one of the pine trees mm-hmm. and gets to watch the events from the beginning of the movie happen all over again. Yeah. Doc getting gunned down, the chase happening. Uh, but then this time Marty goes Marty goes up to Doc and he's distraught over it because he saw Doc rip up the letter, so he thinks that Doc has been gunned down. Doc wakes up to reveal that he's wearing a bulletproof vest and shows Marty the letter that he wrote, that he saved. When asked, you know, what about all that talk about screwing up future events, the space-time continuum? And Doc says, well, I figured. What the hell? What the hell? So, Doc drives Marty home and then takes off 30 years into the future. It's a nice round number. Marty goes to bed, wakes up the next morning, finds out his entire house has been changed. Yeah. He no longer looks like a low-class house. Everything's got nice white furniture, clean walls. Very, the house, very, very 1985. Very 1985. Yeah. No, he's got the one living room that looks like no one's allowed to sit in it because mm-hmm. the furniture's too nice. And he has a second living room. Dave no longer works at a fast food place. He's wearing a nice suit. Linda's dressed nice. And he's getting dates from a couple different guys. Is it Greg or Craig? I don't know. I can't keep track of all your boyfriends. And his parents walk in. George is... Looks like a very successful young man. No longer looks like a scared coward. Uh-huh. Lorraine is thin and not an alcoholic. And Biff is outside waxing the car because he's no longer has the confidence because George owns him. Yeah. Essentially. Well, I don't say owns him, but you know what I mean. And finds out that the inform- that the advice that Doc gave Marty that Marty implied to instilled to George had a profound effect on his life. Mm-hmm. If you set your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. It's good advice. I wonder if him saying that to Marty was like a wink and a nudge to like, I remember you. That could have been. Like, like, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I, because I, I mean, if you know anything about the movie, it was in the, and we talked, we've talked about this at nauseum too. Yeah. It was in the script that they're, that they, they, aren't, they didn't film the scene. As far as I know, there is no actual film scene of this. Mm-hmm. Of, of George pulling out a, I think it was a newspaper, some sort of newspaper. Probably, no, I think it was... Probably a school paper, because wasn't it about the dance? Yeah, and then I think it was like, uh, you know, Calvin Klein with a picture of him went missing or something like mm-hmm. that. I don't remember. And it was supposed to be him going to be like, like, 
like it, it can't be. Yeah. But then he, but then he, he like smirks because he knows it was him yeah. the whole time. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, that would have been cool to see. Yeah. So Biff comes in and gives Marty keys and says, "You're all waxed up, and ready for tonight." Mm-hmm. They don't look like the keys to the Mercedes. It's a BMW or BMW. Yeah. Sorry. Um. So Marty goes outside, opens up the garage, and that there's the ass that, that four by four. I still want to get the beginning uh, of the movie. I still want to get a Toyota uh, Tacoma, blacked out, black like that, yeah. with the same rack and the the, the, the light, the yellow the, light cover, <laughs> the KC lights on top. Yeah. yeah. Jennifer shows up, so I'm at a ride. And Marty's thrilled to see her. And mm-hmm. actually, he hasn't he seen, seen her in a week. Well, he hasn't. Yeah. No, because for them, it was just only one day has passed. Yeah. Or, or one night, really. So. You know, for, for Marty, he's a week older. For everybody else, yeah. nothing changed. And just before they decide to go off around the truck, Doc shows up from the future, mm-hmm. warning him that something has to be done about your kids. To which Marty says, "Bear back up. We don't have enough road to hit up 88. And then Doc utters probably the most famous line from the entire series, "Roads where we're going, we don't need roads." Which probably one of the one of the most famous lines in movie history. Absolutely. The DeLorean hovers, flies away into the camera, and movie. Yeah. So. So. And that is Back to the Future. That is Back to the Future. So, In a nutshell. Um, I still, I mean, every single time it comes on, I stop when I'm, well, not really stop when I'm doing it. If I'm getting ready for work, I gotta do that. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'll, I'll turn it on every time it's on. Okay. In fact, I, I guarantee you it's probably on right now somewhere. Yeah. Bye, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> so, my question to you yeah. is, of course, we both adore this movie mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it, is it your favorite movie of all time? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like I've said, it, it's it's second for me. Uh, I think Raiders is the greatest movie ever made. It's Because Raiders has everything a movie is supposed to have. Mm-hmm. As does this. It's just in a, di- a different style movie. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite? Uh, well, you know, we'll get to that. Yeah. Ten ad, out of a ten scale, mm-hmm. what do you rank it? Ten. Ten. Ten out of ten. As do I. It's, it's a perfect film. For me, it's a flawless film. I, I mean, look, I, mean, you I, can, I get you, it. There's, you can point out the plot, plot holes left, it, right, but, sideways. But you can look, there are plot holes you can look past and go, this is a perfect movie. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Uh, I think well, I think the whole trilogy is perfect. I think it's I, I know. Trilogy. I know people like to, yeah. you know, obviously two and three aren't as good as the first one because no. that's just how a trilogy mm-hmm. typically goes. But they're still great movies. And I mm-hmm. I also put them at ten out of ten. I mean, it, all, it, 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 also, it also helps that all of the main components yeah. were around for each one. Minus George. Aside, uh, actors aside, yeah. you still you still got Zemeckis. Yep. You still had Bob Gale. You still had Spielberg. You yep. still had you still had all of your technical guys. Yep. You still you you still had them, and that's yep. and that's what helps. Yeah. When your when your story is written by the same group of people, it definitely helps your continuity. Absolutely. The minute you start bringing outsiders or someone else does mm-hmm. your sequel, it does. It, it's not going to gel. Absolutely, it's not going to have the agree. same effect. Um, and there are plenty. And there are plenty of sequels that have gone that way yeah. and have uh, hurt a franchise. So, um, favorite scene in the movie? Favorite scene of the movie? Um, it would probably, it would probably be the end. The end of the movie, of of going back to back to the future. It's it's actually a bit of a toss up. Um, I like that, and I do enjoy the uh, George knocking out Biff scene. Being a scrawny guy who was picked on an awful lot, it it, it, it spoke to me in a bit of a way. You know, that you can stand up for yourself. I think it's it's the scene where he goes back to 1985. 
yeah. that whole climax of, of Doc having to go up and climb, especially because I always, in, you know, in my great wisdom uh, that I have, always kind of associated the clock tower from the movie mm-hmm. with the clock tower of Riverside. Oh, yeah, the watch case. The watch case. Yeah. So I love that he's climbing up in there and he's got to put the wire back together and then, you know, Mario's got to, you know, get down. So yeah. That's probably my favorite sequence of the yeah. movie. I mean, the, yeah. I mean, for 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 us, I mean, your family and my family, Delanco and Riverside. Uh-huh. Uh, so the watch case has always been a big part of, yeah, of, of, of sure. us growing so up. It's then, iconic. Apparently. It's a landmark. I mean, it's a, it's a landmark. I mean, we're in New Jersey, so, you know, Look up Riverside, New Jersey. You know, yeah. you'll, you'll probably see a picture of that watch case somewhere because yeah. it's it's iconic. It's a landmark. Not far from Philadelphia. Well, we are now because you live up. North, I'm up here, all, but, up in the, yeah. the little past Central Jersey, yeah. which isn't a thing. But as, regionally, that's what I'll say. Yeah, you know, I'm up Jer- past Princeton. Central Jersey doesn't exist. Yeah. It's north and south. Yep. Um, but yeah, but, but, the, but the watch yeah. case, we, I, we've always I think so. Yeah, looked at it as yeah. like our clock tower. Yeah. Which I think, oh. the clock, I think the watch case also hasn't worked for that for just about the same same amount of time. No, it worked. They repl- they fixed it. If- it worked for a while because mm-hmm. they they did they did put a new clock in because the fa- new the face cl- of the clock was not with the deco of the uh, mm-hmm. of the actual well, watch tower. So, right. Uh, the uh, highest grossing film in nineteen eighty five. Believe it. Because it made on nineteen million dollar budget. Nineteen million. Yeah. The those effects mm-hmm. on nineteen million, yeah. and thirty five years later, it still holds up. I want to say this: that movie was made for nineteen million dollars in nineteen eighty five. With those effects, they hold up. But the Marvel movies, which I predominantly love, are made for what hundred, two hundred, three hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. and they. I mean, watch Avengers two thousand twelve. As much as I love that movie. Those that CGI does not hold up at all. No. Eight years later, no. Especially when you watch it in Blu-ray, mm-hmm. it does not hold you're up. Absolutely, well. you're absolutely right. Even Thor Ragnarok, which came out recently, I mean, the, the CGI scenes you could tell were painfully done. Yeah, some of them, some of them. Yeah. I mean, especially like when they were in Norway or whatever. Like, oh my god, yeah, it's a hundred percent obvious it's on green screen. Yeah, it's so it's clear. Yeah. It's clear. Maybe it's not, not so much on Sakaar. <laughs> I mean, you know it's you know it's on the screen, some yeah. set, some screen, but yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's a main nominator for four Oscars, one one. Huey Lewis nominated for best song. Ooh. I'm surprised it didn't win. I'm not sure what did win that year. But, yeah, I mean, I it was sucked. eighty. It was eighty five. It, it, it could have been something. Yeah, it probably sucked. Hugo Award for for best dramatic presentation, Saturn Award best science fiction film, just all types of awards. Ooh. Nominated to the Library of, or. Or registered in the Library of Congress in two thousand seven. The movie, the movie is is it's such a cultural landmark icon. It really is. Yeah. I mean, you tell you mention DeLorean to anybody, and they immediately link it to Back to the Future, not to the fact that it was a car, a failed car company in eighty two. And I'm going to say <laughs> this: I think it's the most iconic car in history. I'll say it. I'll agree to that. I really do. Like I know there's you know, you know the Mustang from Bullet. And the Aston Martin from Bond, which is also extremely mm-hmm. iconic, but I really think that the because the, the DeLorean is is so iconic with that movie, mm-hmm. and that these movies are so beloved mm-hmm. with so many people. I mean, Bond's beloved with us too, yeah. and Bond's a great movie. But yeah. I'm saying like that the the DeLorean is in Back to the Future is such held in the hearts of so many people. Mm-hmm. I really think it's the most iconic car in history. It is. You can't. I mean, you could probably make an argument for some of the other ones, like like with the Mustang from Bullet, mm-hmm. the the DB5, 
from Bond, uh, Ecto-1, the A-Team van, the General Lee. They, I'm sorry, but they they just don't yeah. hold up to the door. No, they really don't. As much es- as... Especially because the Ecto-1 wasn't even the same car in, in, in Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. It just, I mean, it's... The car almost steals the movie. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't get that when I watch Ghostbusters. Right? I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I I love Ecto One, mm-hmm. but compared to the DeLorean, it yeah. it's it's not. It's really not even a contest, in no. my opinion. No, no. In a lot of people's opinion, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, uh, do you have any final thoughts? Second greatest movie of all time. I know we I know we talk about this all the time, and. I never want to see it happen. I never want to see a remake happen. Nope. Nope. And I believe Zemeckis and Gale and Spielberg, I think all of them came out and said that it can't happen, especially Zemeckis, who owns the rights to the movie. Yeah, I think him and Bob Gale pretty much. I think Universal has some sort of ownership to it, Mm -hmm. but it has to be okayed by Zemeckis or Gale, and they've straight up said it'll never approve. I don't want to see a sequel. We got the the Telltale game, which Mm -hmm. was pretty good. It was a solid Mm -hmm. game. It's, It's... I would say it's the unofficial fourth movie just as much as the Ghostbusters game is the unofficial third movie. Right. Um, not as much of a clear flowing sequel. Right. But it was a pretty fun game. It really was. I wish I could find it again. I'll tell you what I wish. Uh, I'll tell you one thing I never got to do that I wish I could have done mm. was uh, go on the Back to the Future ride. Yeah. At least we sat in the DeLorean, though. Yeah. Shows up at every uh, yeah. every convention. And I was the last one to do it mm-hmm. out of all of us. Yeah. So. Um. But Fantastic. I will say this though. Like I always say, I'd love to see Nicolas Cage with Doc Brown. My God, here we go. With this <laughs> he'd be—he's born to play that character. I feel like he's—I feel like he'd make a mockery of it. But it's Nicolas Cage. Everything's a mockery anyway. Yep. So, but I, again, I don't want to see it remade. I don't want to see a sequel. It wouldn't work. Keep it the way it is. Some things should just be left untouched mm-hmm. and, and just never. Because I tell you right now, if they would ever remake it, it'd be like any other uh, remake in, in Hollywood. Um, it would be. It would never live up to the original the original movie. It yeah. would bomb at the box office like most remakes do. I'm sure they like they have this habit and uh, you know, uh, of gender swapping and race swapping characters not that there's really anything wrong with that but mm. it just seems it's like a formula like oh we're gonna yeah. remake it and we'll make the main character a woman this time or you know yeah. what I mean it's like well why do you have to do that how about this just don't remake the movie because I'm telling yeah. you right now it's gonna bomb yeah. just like the karate even though I don't like the karate kid that movie bombed yeah. Annie bombed Ghostbusters 2016 bombed Charlie's Angels bombed they're just bombs left and right because yeah. you're touching previously established um franchises mm-hmm. remaking them that nobody asked for and they're such inferior films mm-hmm. to that original movie even though I don't like the original Karate Kid at all I, I mean and then, and then people will bitch you go you just have to learn to like new things or I don't want to like new things yeah when you no I want to like new things I want to like original new things that's yeah. my problem with J.J. Abrams he just keeps regurgitating mm-hmm. bullshit that we've seen for 30 years mm-hmm. uh, Super 8 was pretty much the Goonies meet um, oh my god what was the other movie it's, it's two Spielberg movies just splicing the one Close counters. Yeah, pretty much. And I, I mean, I don't even like the Goonies. No, you're you're not the biggest fan. I I enjoy. I also it. haven't seen the Goonies in like twenty years, so maybe I'll give it a give it a go. I enjoy day. the Goonies. I it's just a, didn't grow up like I just didn't grow up liking movies with kids. That was the thing. Right. I was action movie guy, like you, mm-hmm. Arnold and and you know, 
Beetlejuice, Batman, and you know stuff like that. I was just yeah. more into stuff like that. Yeah, except for except for Mighty Ducks. I love the shit out oh, of Mighty yeah, Ducks. I love Mighty Ducks. Yeah, so love them. Quack, quack. Uh, if you don't have any more final thoughts, I don't. I don't think I so, don't think there's anything more I can say about I agree. this movie. So, um, well, so much that done. was our review of one of the greatest movies of all time, second greatest movie to me, greatest let, movie to George. Let us know if uh, if you agree. If um, you agree, if you disagree, yeah. if you think something is better, if you want to see it remade. Uh, actually, if you want to see it remade, don't don't tell me. Yeah, don't tell me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't want to know. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, the, uh, Facebook, the movie. I'm sorry, the Multiverse Movie Podcast. Instagram, it's just movie uh, multiverse movie podcast. Yeah. Um, give us a follow. Um, we're still kind of building up that Instagram uh, for, for our, yeah, our still, bond. Instagram is pretty a well oiled machine. Yeah. We're still kind of trying to figure out what we're still to get our do footings with, it. with yeah. this one. So yeah, it's more of a broader audience. Like the bond community was, very, it's very niche, very kind of uh, tight knit. So mm-hmm. like we slid right in, and we got a ton of followers, and a, it's a great community and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like James Bond. Uh, we dropped our seventh episode of our podcast today for Bond. It was uh, top ten pre-title sequences. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram, Station Double Seven Podcast. You can also find that on all the uh, platforms for all podcasting, the, yeah. Station Double Seven Podcast. This one is still kind of being one, you know, dropped in here and there. Um, not we're yet. not on Apple yet, not but yet. I know you can obviously anchor because it's what we upload mm-hmm. to. I believe I, I got the notification for Google. I know obviously Spotify is right away, and I want to think Castbox was the other one. But uh, just you know, we're gonna post the link up for you guys, and then you can actually choose what you want to listen to it on from there. So um, that's it, guys. Um, check out our Bond podcast. I hope you enjoyed this one, and we'll see you next week for our movie review of my favorite movie of all time. I don't know where it ranks for you. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I love it. I mean, yeah. I, I enjoy. It. I never really sat down and thought about where it's like, where it sticks in my rankings. Um, I know I love it. I know my girlfriend Amy. She absolutely loves it. Yeah. She holds it. She it's holds. Going to be a gush she, fest next week. She, she, even more than yeah, this was. Because she holds this franchise where it's about where you are. Yeah. She always talked about whenever she's yeah. not feeling well or sick, she always puts on Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's plenty of times I've come home from work to find her watching Last Crusade. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, that that's. I hold the, this franchise near and dear to my heart, but that one is even tighter in my heart. Yeah. It's, that's just, it's so close to me. So yep. we'll see you next week, guys, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Have a good one.